You'll never believe this. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a podcast to discuss how faith and tradition should inspire but not limit us. Yeah, we talk about stand-up comedy, surfing, religion, family issues, Doritos, hemorrhoids, the bears, and absolutely nothing at all. You'll have so much fun, you'll never believe we're actually religious leaders. <laughs> Why are you in a dark alley? I mean, it's only the sound, right? It doesn't matter what I look like, right? What you look fine, but why? Where are you? Why, what's I'm on my porch? This is my porch. Oh, you're outside in your and your house. Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you. Look, see, got it. Over here. Yeah, and then over here, there's like the little porch area. Like in a minute, it's going to be really cool because it's going to be Sukkot. So, like, this will be where we're hanging out most of the time. But we have this thing where. I don't know what caused it, but we just started. I think it was COVID. I think because of COVID, we started hanging out on the porch, like because it was like, oh, look, we're outside. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Isn't we that funny? Just, it's like this tiny little thing. You know, it's perfect. Yeah, we all we all we all make up delusions to like keep us going, right? Like, you're like exactly. whatever, whatever you want to convince yourself of to keep you sane. See this up here? You see this bar? So there's that one, and then there's one over here. Can you see the other one over there? Yeah, kind of. What do you little, little so that? Thing. What I do is I put like th three boards like this, and then I throw the the. It's called tzach in Hebrew. I don't, I don't know what to call it in English. The the covering that you put on the sukkah, right on the on the the booth that we sit in. Oh yeah, it's your, like a pull up bar. You're doing pull ups and. Uh... Wow, well, like <laughs> uh, religious pull ups, if you will. No, so that's that's the holiday that's coming. What is it? I wonder. Ah, it's like 13 days now. Um, and we, and basically we're supposed to move from what was our inside to our outside dwelling. And that's it. We're supposed to live up here in the, in the wilderness, so to speak. Um, most people just do their meals out here. That's pretty much all we do. And then my kids like to sleep out at like one night or two nights. Wait, so you, you're supposed to, you're like confined inside as a holiday. This is the, I didn't know the opposite, the opposite. You have to build like a tent and oh. get out of your house. And what you basically, the whole idea is that you're going from a, a, a structure that's like really, you know, an intense real structure to like a, you're, you're like in blowing in the wind. Like that's the whole idea. Like it has to be something that first of all, you can see the stars through the roofing at first. Um, if you can't, if it's more shade than sun, it doesn't count. Um, and then the whole thing about the walls is whether or not the walls are really solid. Cause you're supposed to, the whole idea is that you're going from this place of real like you know you've been forgiven for all your sins because of Yom Kippur and then all of a sudden you go out and you're in this fragile environment and you can get blown over by the wind Wait, so I, I get the I get the forgiveness of what's that you're like the worst of the three pigs <laughs> what do you mean you know the three pigs who made the house like you're not the pig that you oh the yeah, yeah the straw. you're the pig who like just threw it up with some sticks and then you can get blown over by the by the wolf so you're saying that the biblical reference of Yom Kippur is to the three little pigs, which are not kosher. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. No, so this is the holiday of Sukkot. This is called the... the oh, the, not Yom Kippur. Right. So Yom Kippur, you come out of Yom Kippur being forgiven for all your sins and you feel yep. like a million bucks, like I'm the best thing on earth. And then it's like immediately, five days later, you're in this like fragile environment that the wolf could blow over that's the idea mm. 
interesting. So is the yeah, it's very powerful. What's the what's what's the story like? Is that the story you tell? Like the the, the three the three uh, the three little pigs story? That <laughs> you know, like it's how do you, funny what. I feel like more when I get together with you, Ralph, my, my analogies become more and more inappropriate via Judaism than, like, than other times. <laughs> they're not in, in, inappropriate. They're just, uh, I, I feel like it, it dabbles in heresy a bit. <laughs> that, that, yeah, okay, good. I like that. But dabbles you, in a little bit of heresy. You, you, um, but you've got to, for, for, for people as dumb as I, you have to water it down to the least common denominator in children's stories. Oh, or else so, that, so maybe, that's, even... maybe that's why I do it right away. Like immediately, like, all right, what's the lowest bar? I got to get Ralph understand what i'm talking about right now <laughs> no, i don't think that's what it's hey while um, we're no, talking I, about actually, while we're yeah, talking about about jewish holidays i wanted to ask you about um th- i found this um this article uh about rbg ruth bader ginsburg dying on rosh hashanah is that and it, they were talking about it being a she's being tzaddik tzaddik is that what it, how to pronounce it Right. Uh, she would be a, called a, if you were, if you were in the uh, Ashkenazis version, you would be a, she'd be a tzedekis, right? She's a tzedekis. tzedekis. It's, a, it's like, right. So a tzedek is, a, is the masculine okay. and a tzedek, a tzedek, a tzedek, I don't even know how to pronounce it, not an Ashkenazis. A tzedekis is somebody who's, who's a, a, um, she's a, she's a righteous person. So it comes from the idea that that if you die, if people who die on Shabbat, it's the same idea when you die on Shabbat, yeah. on the on the day of rest, that you're considered to be a, a very holy individual. Um, and 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 is, is the idea like like um, like if you were that you, you're so righteous that they needed you for the end of the year, or like what was the why is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, like I'm semi-serious because it's I don't get how like Rosh Hashanah. Why it is a Shabbat? No. So what the what you're the problem you're facing right now is a problem not of, you know, give me the real logic behind it. What you're having is you you, you have people that are I think these things sort of stem from people that are trying to make sense of death, right? You get a lot of inappropriate things if you ask me. Yeah. When it comes to like how to explain when somebody dies, like if a, if a child dies, people would like to say things like. Um, oh, angel. he must have been so right. Exactly. God needed an angel. Exactly. You get that? Do you get that too? Is yeah. That yeah. yeah. And you just, and it's going, like, oh, that's nice. I, it's, it's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very thank good. you very much for opening your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a great video of things that, that religious people say, religious Jewish people say at what's called the Shiva, right? Shiva is the seven days after someone dies, right after the burial. Yeah. Seven days where the people that's are not seven supposed days to leave their morning. house. Yep. Right. That's the most intense morning right actually what's interesting is actually when the person dies until you're until they're buried you actually are not obligated in any of the positive commandments okay there are many positive commandments if i'm not mistaken there are 248 positive commandments that you're usually obligated in when that person has not yet been buried you're not obligated in any of them okay then when they're when they when they're buried you have this sort of mourning period where usually you would go to the synagogue to to pray right you usually go to different places now you're 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 sort of confined to your own house and the synagogue sort of comes to you, mm-hmm. right? And you sit on a, a lower chair. You don't, you don't wear any, you don't wear leather shoes. Okay. You don't shave. You don't look in a mirror. You don't, you're actually not supposed to shower. You have like a torn shirt. Like this is all these, these are some of the customs. It's like um, a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Shabbat that's like advanced, like an even, even more intense. <laughs> even more intense. Like the Shabbat. all-stars. It's the all-star Shabbat. Exactly. 
Um, and you get like, what you have is, you know, the, the lower seat, it's like those really bad uh, plastic chairs that you have around the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what people sit in. Cause it has to be a lower, that's like the sign of mourning was to be in a lower chair. But like, you know, they, they put all these padding on it cause it's so uncomfortable. You have to sit there for 20, almost like 24 hours. So you have to sit there like all day, every day for seven days. So they have to oh beef it up somehow. So people will come in and, and say like the most ridiculous things like that. There was, there is a tradition. Some people do this. Some people don't do this. I'd say more people don't do this than do do this is that some people want to be buried in Israel. Yeah. That's like a thing. Right. So there was this really funny video that went around a couple of years ago that said like, you know, what religious people say they're inappropriate at short. Like, so like the first your year, just before college, a lot of people send their children just before they go to college to go study in the, in the, uh, what's called a yeshiva, right? In the school, um, just to learn Jewish tradition, Jewish law. And when they, when they, so, and what's always happening is people who are sending different, you know, they always send things with other people. I call them the mules. Like my, my in-laws are the mules for our family. They bring all the stuff that we order from Amazon to us in Israel. So, but people will send things. Always say like, is anybody going and, and, and can take a package, a small package? You're like, so this guy's like supposed to be at a shiva, right? When somebody just asked, is it true that you're sending the body to be buried in Israel? Yeah. Oh, oh, can I send like a package of cocoa puffs for my kid? Because he's in his shoes and he's like, he really just, just, cocoa puffs. Just slip it in the casket. Just like, just <laughs> load it up. Customs, it customs it was, won't even notice. You got drugs? Go ahead, put them through. <laughs> Good. Cocoa puffs? Not a problem. Imagine uh, that. What do you got in there? A dead body. Okay, that's fine. Can I look in the casket? Cocoa puffs. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. They, uh, they, and I actually had one that was really funny the other day. And, and somebody put out a thing that said, if anybody going to the UAE that can take a small package for someone, because, you know, we just had, we just now have yeah. flights starting to open up from Israel to the United Arab Emirates. And like, when somebody posted, I think I, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Like, who's going to the United Arab Emirates who can take a small package? <laughs> it's like, oh, the world has changed. The world has really changed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, I, so about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I don't think it really, I think people just also, they think about like the, serendipitous nature of things right and they go wow you know like what are the odds that she would have passed away on Rosh Hashanah yeah yeah like there is there is something cool in that because it's not like they made up this idea for RBG right they're not like no, Ooh. No, definitely not <laughs> it's not, on April Fool's not. Day she must have been a jokester it's like this has been <laughs> this has existed for centuries and um, yeah. someone someone like her who has so many accolades and has fought so hard for you know, women's rights and equality, voting rights, um, uh, you know, all, all, a, lot yeah. of the, a lot of the things we take for granted now, she worked hard at. And just to be a woman in law at the time that she got into law was a noble effort sure. in itself. Like she should have died on Rosh Hashanah for that alone. And yet she's had yep. this long, long career and held on strong. I feel like some people, some people, I had a conversation yesterday. I feel like it is almost um, spiritual in a way w- w- that she did pass on a on a holiday like that with some that that we apply some meaning because she could have died eight months ago when she had that um, that that bout but she needed to hang on sure. if for if for no other reason than just to stick it to the stick it to the other political party <laughs> to, to be like I'm not going away yet. They're, they're she, probably she really now. I think I think that's enough motivation to keep people around, right? Isn't that enough motivation to keep she just, people around? She was I'm a genius, but she also yeah, right. She did it. She <laughs> she lived longer just for spite. She was in pain and and 
on <laughs> constant morphine drip, but she's like, I'm going to live just because I know you hate it and want to replace me. God, I'm having a flash to one of my favorite movies, um, Intolerable Cruelty. You saw it? Mm, I don't think so. Is that Michael Douglas? It was a, it's a co- no, it's a Coen Brothers mm-hmm. with George Clooney, and he's a divorce lawyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw this one or you didn't see it? Hold on, I'm Googling I, it like, so I can see what. It's, oh, it's I did watch it, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones or whatever, yep. isn't that it? Yeah. Yep. And so, but there's this character in it who's the, the guy who like owns the whole firm and he has to go see him a couple times and he's got those tubes in his nose oh, yeah. and the, the, the sex and like 144 cases and then I totally always won the case. And like, it's like seeing Luke Bader Ginsburg, like that's, that's how she looks for the last eight months. But I, probably she looked a lot better than that for sure. Um, that was one of, I actually think that's such a great, great movie. One of the great movies that actually ends up being outdone by the uh, outtakes, you know what I mean? Yeah, the outtakes were unbelievable in that movie. Yep. Um, uh, anyway, tell us more. So you're—I mean, it's obvious already that you're deep into a culture and a religion that um, that I'm not familiar with, but I'm, I'm sure anybody who's listening might not be. Probably half our crowd. There's a lot of Jewish people who are not familiar with that either. So as you said, it never hurts to bring everybody up to speed. Yeah, yeah. Did. Tell us, um, uh, well, I want to hear more about like, how did you get into, um, maybe start with like, what do, you, what do you do now and how, what's your like religious bend and affiliation? And then, and then we'll Quentin Tarantino this thing and then start from the beginning of the journey to get there. So we'll go to Hollywood. Is that what you're saying? We're going to start here and then we'll go back to like 1960s Hollywood. Okay. Sounds yeah. Good. You're going to tell like, you're going to tell like the four fifths of the movie where you're at now and then go back to the one fifth, two fifth, three fifth, and then jump to the end story where there's the big shooting scene and you win. Oh, okay. I was going to say maybe it would be that I was about to tell Bill that I, it was his baby and then we'll go back and find out, you know, how I, I whatever it'll be good it'll you be and, good no matter what you and, you and bill are pregnant i didn't know that is that a, is a thing that's <laughs> it's a, a new thing that's a, a new hey, thing. Mazel. <laughs> it's great great mazel. news <laughs> <laughs> so the um so now my affiliation is what's called uh in english is called modern orthodox in hebrew it's called dati luumi those words mean that i am religious but also have a national affiliation right whereas there are a religious in this country in israel who don't have uh, a much natural national affiliation. In fact, they're very against some, some people actually in this country and not in this country wish that this country didn't exist and they're Jewish and they're very uh, religious Jews. Um, so I am of the national national religious uh, movement in Israel or the modern Orthodox movement. So that means that um, I'm just trying to think of, so the, the, we try in, in, in the, uh, in the modern Orthodox movement to preserve as much of the tradition as possible, while at the same time uh, recognizing that there are many things that are happening in the world that didn't happen during the time of the rabbis, which was 2000 years ago. And so we, you know, we use the system that we have, the system of law called halacha um, to try and answer new questions that are arising as they arise. Okay. So my daily life, if you will, um, consists of quite a bit of prayer. That's first and foremost. Um, Jews pray, uh, I think, only less than Muslims. We pray three times a day. If I'm not mistaken, I think Muslims pray four times a day. I could be wrong about that, but I think they have one more. And they're t- they're extremely time bound to their to their yeah, prayer. We, we are our we, time bound. 
we outsource our prayers to you so we don't have to spend as much time doing it, actually. <laughs> Listen, man, you picked the right people to outsource them, so I'll tell you that much. Jeez, I don't have time for all the, this. Let's um, call the Orthodox. Let's call the, the modern Orthodox. Oh, dude. somebody else has got to be praying, right? It's kind of like uh, the way people say it. So it's always like 420 at some time during the day. It's something I heard in college. I don't know what it means. But it's, like, <laughs> it's just like the casket thing. Like, hey, who's going back to... <laughs> can someone take these prayers for me with the casket? <laughs> yeah, nice. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll pay you back for those. We're good for it. We're good for it. So <laughs> the, um, I love them. So we we have official prayer services three times a day. Okay, we have a morning service, afternoon, and, and an evening or nightly service. Um, and actually, during this time of year, we have additional things that we do, which are penitentiary prayers um, that are supposed to be done in the in wee general. hours of the morning. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, that's the funny thing about Jews. We all think that we might be worthy of some time, if you in will. Prison. So we're always, we're always like, doing... Uh, the uh, wilderness is going to come back church. at some point. <laughs> gonna we're going to have to be. be. <laughs> um, so so, the, and then you... So that's, so yeah. your, that's your religious affiliation, like your flavor of Judaism. Um, and, then your, and then your career is also as a religious authority, right? Correct. I am a rabbi which means that I spent, um, geez, it doesn't, doesn't mean this for everybody, but I spent almost 10 years studying before I became a rabbi. Um, some people, I think, there are people who, who went to um, religious day school, they went to Jewish day school. Um, they spent more time maybe studying religious, you know, Jewish topics and so maybe even, yeah. 10 years post-grad, post. Po correct, 10 years post-grad. It, it is like, it is as if I got a graduate degree and maybe almost a, a doctorate. It's, it's <laughs> actually as, as if you got five graduate degrees. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> and, uh, and, and as I'm saying, it has to do with the person, not as if it's more me. It's me. It's not you. Right. That kind of a thing. Like I, I'm, I needed to study more than probably. Wait, are we breaking up? Are, is that, are you breaking up with me? <laughs> is that what's going on, on right first now? first episode, we're breaking Just up. Just because I said it took you too long to get your one degree. <laughs> Uh, it's actually funny because it's not even like it, I don't, some places wouldn't even count it as a degree. But anyway, so the so I studied what what usually people study somewhere between three and four years. Um, that's the normal course of study. So I started uh, not knowing as much. Like first of all, I needed to learn Hebrew. So if I if I couldn't so I couldn't study the text in their original form because I wasn't as versed in Hebrew. I took some Hebrew when we were in college together at the University of Rhode Island. Big shout out. Um, but I, but it wasn't at the level where I was now able to sit down and learn Jewish text. Um, so um, Jewish text is not only in Hebrew, it's also in ancient Hebrew. Right. Um, and so it took a long time to get to that level. Once I got to that level, it took me around four years to do the, to do the program. So yes, that's, that's what I'm doing. Now, uh, it's funny because I remember when I was in college, I got interviewed by, uh, I don't, did, you know, did you know John Reiner? Did you know him when we were in college? It's one of my surf buddies. I know that we did some surfing together. So I thought you might cross paths with him. He did an interview of me and he said, how many times do you pray a day? And at that time, I wasn't doing like the concretized three times a day. I was doing, um, you know, whenever sort of spont spontaneously I felt that I needed to pray, I would do some form of prayer at that point. Um, but there's also a lot of prayer that we do. Like we say blessings over all the meals. Like So the grace over meals and things that, that most people say, right? We have a we have a blessing before and after both, um, and some of them are longer than others. So you know, a Jew could be praying basically all day, like mumble. If you see somebody walking down the street mumbling with a kippah on, chances are he's just praying. You know what I mean? That's actually 
Oh, so I shouldn't have given him a couple bucks and a sandwich. <laughs> See, when I was in, uh, when I was visiting my family now lives in Lake George, New York, my, we were driving over one of the mountains and there was a car pulled over and there was a guy standing out the car with his black hat on. And my, my older sister, who's not observant, she's not, uh, you know, somebody who's affiliating with orthodoxy says, Oh my God, he, he might've broken down. Should we check on him? I said, what time is it? She said, it's six something. And I was like, yeah, the sun's about to go down. He's davening the afternoon prayer. He's praying the afternoon prayer. And she goes, she's checking sure the pulse. Let's go check. So we turned around and we came back and I said, I come back. I opened the window. You guys okay? And the guy goes, yeah, we're fine. I said, you praying the afternoon service? And he said, yep. And I said, have a good one. She, was, <laughs> she had the paddles out and was ready to, was ready to do CPR. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I was like, no, nah, he's just praying. Don't worry about him. Um, yeah, so that's that's my that's basically the norm. And then on days like up, up and coming Yom Kippur, you could pray. I mean, the idea is really that on Yom Kippur you're supposed to pray all day. You don't you don't eat, you don't drink, right? And you just pray all day. It's a long day, especially if you have to be outside to do it these days. <laughs> it's an outdoor prayer service because it's COVID. You're, it's yeah. hot. Yeah. Because I don't know about where. How how's your temperature where you guys are? What's the temperature around you guys? Mid eighties. It's it's pretty nice right now. Yeah, so we're we're still up in the nineties. We're still full summerish and dry, right? So, yeah, it's pretty dry. I mean, it's, it's so funny because I say to my wife Leia every once in a while, I go, "Did you notice there was moisture in the air this morning?" She's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I can just sense any moisture in the air because there's none." Israel's very dry in the summer. In the winter, it's you know, it's a rainy season. You know, we get a lot of rain. Yeah. So, so how what you, about you guys with prayer? With prayer? How, how, yeah, well, are you guys like reserving it for Sundays? Is it like something that people are supposed to come do every day, but people don't show up? Like what happens? There, you know, our, so Lutheran is kind of our flavor, like yours is modern Orthodox. Like there's a bunch of different brands mm-hmm. of Christianity. Um, Lutherans don't have like a prescription or a, a process for prayer. It's, uh, it's, it's highly recommended, but not mandated. Um, you know, so I like that. Um, I like that. It's like, it's like cutting down on your sugar kind of yeah, thing. Like it's yeah, highly right. recommended, but you can eat as much sugar as you want. We, yeah. and, and, and Lutherans are sort of diet Catholic. So Catholics have these like, like rules and how many times you pray and specific prayers. And then if you don't do them, you, there's a certain amount of shame applied to you, right? Like to get, oh. to get into prayer. Wait, we're, wait, we're talking about Catholics or Lutherans? Catholics, but we're diet oh, Catholics. Yeah. I know about that. Uh, yeah. You guys get. We're, we're, diet we're, we're diet Catholics. So we're sort of like, these would be good, but uh, you don't have to if you, if you don't want to, because we're like, we're more afraid people will go away <laughs> and not come back. It's kind of um, like the, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, not that there's anything okay. wrong with that. Oh, you didn't pray. That's fine. I prayed for you. I, I, I outsourced it to Jamie. He's modern Orthodox. And let me tell you, they're always praying. Um, Those guys are always praying. They're always online. Uh, so, I mean, we do have standard prayers and we do have like, uh, like a little book of prayers that we, uh, we give out. Um, and they have like, a, like a, probably the same as you, but, you know, I think Judaism has more holidays attributed to like days of grief, days of um, and mourning, yep. days of celebration and harvest festivals. Like so, we have like a mm-hmm. prayer for for joy and culmination. We have prayers for uh, grieving for those who are sick, for those who are dying. So there's those, and we kind of we always sort of drop those subtle hints along the way. And 
you know, when I do, sure. visit, when I do visits, I've got one in my back pocket to either, you know, lead a prayer or drop off predominantly. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think most people, uh, most Lutherans have a regular prayer life beyond like sort of like casually uh, twice a day, um, trying to be, you know, I, I say things you're grateful for and things you're hoping for and uh, kind of right. turning your attention to God. And then I encourage people to have a time of listening after that. Just, just silent, see what comes to you, comes to you from God. Um, That's great. But it is interesting. I mean, uh, pastors, obviously, we, we're, we're more engaged in, in prayer as a discipline and practice. Um, but it's even for us, it's not, there's no like, you know, like you have rules and time limits and things to say and sure. uh, times of day that it's it's necessary. It, we, did you have the the you know John you have watched you've seen John Mulaney's stand ups correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Did you did did you guys have anything that you think that you changed something and people got surprised? You remember that whole thing that he had that bit about how he came in and then he was let's say um, I think. He's he's Catholic, right? Am I right about? I'm pretty sure he's yeah. Catholic. Yeah, he's definitely. And Catholic. he said, and they just said, uh, and and they, they, yeah, just look. He's the poster child of a new, of Catholic, especially <laughs> New York Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So where he said, what did they say? Something like, uh, "Peace be with you," and you were supposed to say, "And also, and also with, with your you," spirit. and then they yeah. change it. And I looked at him and was like, "What? What? What? Did you ever have? Did that ever happen in your in your uh, congregation? Do you think anybody?" So, uh, the big one, the big one that we get pretty often is. Uh, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, uh, is in the uh, um, oh gosh, I gotta I gotta go through the whole thing to get there. Hold on, it's like the alphabet, right? You you can't you can't right. just start with M. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, in Catholic churches, um, everybody else stops before that, and only yeah. the priest says that part out loud. So. Uh-huh. When, you could tell whoever whoever's like come over from a Catholic church because they'll stop and they'll get this really scared look like all these people are going to hell because they're saying that's that's for that guy. That's for the that's for the guy in the white dress. You're not supposed to say that. So that's that's a I have to bring you into a story that you just reminded me of from University of Rhode Island. Okay. There was a philosophy professor that I had. And his name was Professor, if I'm not mistaken, his name is Professor Schwartz. I'm almost positive that was his name. Schwartz? Like Spaceballs? Like Spaceballs. But, but Who's the Schwartz? He's a staunch Catholic. To the point at which, <laughs> now I'm going to tell you the whole story because it all came it, back together. It's only worse it if his name was Schwartzman. No, no. So wait, so it's that close. So he apparently, while we were in school there, somebody came and they, and I think they, the priest at the Catholic center, allowed a woman, tell me if I'm wrong about this, to read from the gospel. That's not something that's normally done in Catholicism, correct? Uh, right, correct. And he like called the diocese and like, or like wrote a letter, I guess. That's what my mother would do. She would write an angry letter. I don't know if that's what your mother does. <laughs> yes, they're very, <laughs> so, very convincing, yes. So he, wrote, he wrote an angry letter to the diocese about this, very upset about this. It all came full circle, why? Because if I'm not mistaken, and I have not done any research to find this out, but I'm almost positive that he was a, he survived the Holocaust because he was a, a, a child who was given to a Catholic family. And that's why his last name is Schwartz. Right. But he's a staunch Catholic. And so, and I was like, that's exactly the way a Jew would respond to this kind of thing. Like we would be like, <laughs> survival. And we would write a very angry letter. 
No, 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 that's the Bible. That the woman read from the Gospels. We would write an angry letter, and we'd be very, that's not the rules. You have to follow the rules. That's and like, what, that would be the way we would do it. <laughs> that's what outed him. <laughs> after, all, after all this time escaping the Nazis, <laughs> what, what finally outed him was an angry, <laughs> an angry passive-aggressive angry letter. letter. That's good. That's He's it. Like, and I'm like, oh, that guy, that guy and my mother would get along just fine. Yeah. that's exactly what it's it funny because really. that's what um like i li- like when we listen to um comedians in how Hol- jewish comedians from hollywood like like paul rudd and uh seth rogan yep and those guys they they often talk about like they they don't hide their judaism but they don't write angry letters to to directors or they don't like <laughs> <laughs> they're like that's... you heard that seth rogan got in a lot of trouble right did you hear about that oh when did he not get in trouble <laughs> oh this is big news this is like about a month ago he was on oh god what's that guy's name he's got a huge podcast and he's, it's like there's two people in the world right now that i know of that have very large podcast followings but they are not good stand-up comedians. Mark, and I'm forgetting his last oh, name. Oh, Mark Marin. It's not funny at all. I've, have you listened yes. to it? You're like, how is no, this I've in the comedy? To, how is this in the I comedy did, section? I've never, I've never listened to his podcast, but I watched his stand-up on Netflix and I was like, oh my God, is this just a Jewish guy complaining for like an hour? Who would listen to this? Yeah. And like, that's all he did was complain. And he's like, and then this hurts and my other part of my body. I was like, at least Richie, like Richard Lewis was funny about what was ailing him. This guy isn't funny at all. So he had Seth Rogen on his show, okay, on his podcast. And Rogen, in the middle of his thing, started going off about why he thinks Israel is a mistake. Well, you don't just go on to a podcast and it's a Jew who was raised in like Jewish schools, Jewish camps. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, you start going off about how Israel is a big mistake. I mean, the Jewish world went like up in arms about it, and I'm like, and I just I basically referred like referred back to what I always say when people get upset about comedians: it's comedy. Let it go. Like he's trying to be funny, although he did a very bad job of being funny at that moment. He's just not. That's all it is. It's just comedy. It's supposed to be a joke. Let it go. Don't get all upset. Yeah, well, that's um, the hard part. That's the hard part about religion is we take the religion and the the all the practices and rules as god's you know divine word and that god doesn't have some sort of sense that there are people against this or opposed to this like god's like you know and 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 no sense of humor either right so like people have these sacred cows that once they're stepped on or once they're once there's a joke about them they flip out we did um well we, so here's I, I, a week ago we yeah. did um we did drive through communion you know because we can't gather in yeah. crowds and I joked that the other Derek the, our other pastor was going to throw they're going people are going to pull up open their mouths and Derek was going to throw the wafer into your mouth and then I had a <laughs> squirt gun of wine and I squirt it from six feet away and the joke and, the joke killed in ninety percent of the market audience and then when I did it on the day of there were a few people that just looked like, and I didn't really squirt. I was just like, do you want, can, do you want the, the cup or the squirt gun? I didn't, I didn't even have a squirt gun. People were like, uh, I don't know if I could come back here again. This guy's going to hell. He should be in flames. You know, right you, you know, my other, my, the other aspect of my job, right. Is that well, I'm called a moil, right. Moil, That's yeah. my other job. So I do religious circumcision. Yeah. Right. And so during the time of the beginning or middle of the beginning of Corona, right in the around March, April, there was a, uh, a meme going around where there was somebody giving communion with a squirt gun. Did you see that one? 
It's a, yeah, but it was not a communion, joke. Not communion. He was. It was baptism. He was. He was doing. Oh yeah. Baptized. Yeah, yeah. A super. A super soaker. Yeah, yeah. Right. You saw that. Yep. So the one that immediately followed from that was a moil with a knife at the end of a six foot long stick and a guy sitting with a baby in his lap and he's like trying to do it from six feet away. That's, That's good. And, That's good. Oh, it was good. Everybody was like, do you do this? And I was like, yeah, I, I do not advise. I do not advise <laughs> that that would be a good idea. So, so the other um, one, the other one, remember, remember when you were at, um, was it B, BC or BU and you led uh, the Seder? Sure. Do you remember this? Sure. And you yeah. invited Adam and I to come be your guests. Do you remember this? Yes, but what did what did you guys do? What do you mean? What did we do? You just you just. Oh, I was like, it wasn't like that kind of guest. It wasn't like a. And up now the guest. Oh no no no! You just invited us to come, and so Adam and I yeah. were like, yeah, let's let's come. It's like we want to we want to you know see your religious tradition and be a part of this you know seder, this huge meal and free food and yeah. college students always fun. So we get looking there. forward to hearing your take on this one. Yeah, yeah, and we and we love you, so we want to hang out with you, right? So, so, but Adam and I thought so we knew you were presiding, or or how, is that what you call it? You were you were um, hosting. So you in in no, we're lead, somebody. There's a seder leader, right? There's a person who's leading the seder. So I was leading the seder for all the students, yeah, Jewish students who either couldn't afford or didn't have the energy to go home to their families for their seder, or their family wasn't doing it, whatever it was. Right, yeah. right. So so yeah, so so you're leading, which so Adam and I come and we think it's going to be like this big hall and we're going to get two seats in the back and sort of like ham it up a little bit, but be respectful and get get you to watch you do your thing. We get there and some of the students, you know, they they bring you up and they escort all three of us to the like the table of honor. We're like front and center. Oh yeah, and we're like yeah. on your left and right side, so we can't even sit together. We're on either side of you. <laughs> as if we're also in on hosting this thing. And we have no idea what to do. And the whole meal has all these, like there's all this food laid out, but you, it has like, right? So for those who don't know. Religious significance, all yeah. these different significances. And yeah. you've got to do them in a certain order and time. And yep. even when you start yep. talking about things like the, pars the parsley and the salt water, you're not, you're supposed yep. to like dip it and wait and hold on to it, right? And I just remember <laughs> I remember at one point, I mean, there were many times when you were leading and you'd lead it in Hebrew and then you'd give this great sort of like, um, tr like humorous translation of it. And, and you had hats, I remember, which, which was like really yep. engaging. I had so, painter hats, painter's hats, which had like each different step on the hat. Right. And so yep. there were a couple of times when Adam and I would like, there'd be, I, he did something right away. I think he like thought it was a, it was like a pot, like a smorgasbord like it was to nosh on, right? So he, like you got started and he leaned over and just grabbed like the apples, the, the sweet apple and walnut thing and yep, like yep, took a, yep. put, it, put it on his plate like it was a bite and started eating it. And I looked at him, I'm like, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. And, we, <laughs> and then and the whole time we realized we're like, we're on stage. So there are 200 students staring at us and looking at like taking and Adam's noshing out taking bites of the holy of holies when he's not supposed to yet i gotta tell you like it, it just sounds like you guys were sort of brought up in a tradition that knows about the last supper so you had to get yours while you could you know what i mean like you had to eat right away because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the last supper right you know that's what it was it was a passover seder you know that right exactly yeah this, the, 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 right. the passover so, like, was the when jesus thing with the right the cracker right uh, uh, that was what's his name game cook was that his name the comedian no, jesus cook? christ Je it was jesus jesus christ that's him 
Sorry, I Jesus, always get those two confused. The Christ, yep. T, T Jesus, so T he, Christ. No, he was the one who said uh, his grandmother would uh, would have a dispenser on her television that she would eat the communion while she was watching the the, the service on television. Oh, that's and good. then he always, and then his line was, which is totally inappropriate, and the Jew should definitely not be repeating this, but I'm going to. His line was um, that he would call it the wafer of Christ. And he was, oh, and he was the like, Jesus. Say, he called it the, the Jesus, Jesus, right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. And he goes, Oh, the, the Lord's a little stale today. That was very inappropriate of him, but still very funny. But, um, but no, that was, that was the masa from the finger, right? That, that yeah. cracker is the masa, right? So we, so we're all connected. That's first and foremost, right? We're all connected. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same thing. Jesus just uh, made it about him. It was sort of like a, like a fact, but an ego trip at the same time. He's like, you know, this thing that your family's been talking about and you've been doing for thousands of years. That's about me. All right. That's about me. Here, eat it. It's me. Drink it. It's and me. And then he said, right, right after that, he said, I spent a lot of time on my hair. Don't mess with my hair. He's like, is anyone going back on the UAE? I want to send some cocoa puffs. Now you're talking. Oh. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our random episode of You'll Never Believe This. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share, and we'll see you next Monday for more You'll Never Believe This.